in today's show. We're here to look ahead to Friday's 11 games in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. We're going to look at Friday's 11 games, where they sit in terms of spreads, totals, injuries, players we're watching. What is important for us to take out of these games? So, oh, should I try the laugh? I don't know how my voice is. We'll try it. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's definitely not me. Oh, now it's cracking. It's not mid-season form. But anyway, first game we're looking at is the Spurs and the Pacers. The Pacers are three-point favorites. The total's 230 and a half. I implore you to not drop Devin Vassell. Usage was there, right? Usage was there. Minutes were fine. We, we want to see some shots go in. That would be great. Um, and let's see. like The role will be fine. So let's watch Vassell. Let's watch those shots go in. And let's watch that panic subside. Fingers crossed, right? I'm not panicked at all, actually, about Vassell. I also want to watch the Joshua Primo, Trey Jones situation because they basically split minutes. Jones was still valuable and he was more valuable in a category than what Primo was. But if Primo does take this job away from Jones, then obviously there's value. So he's a nice speculative ad. I've, I grabbed him off the wire um, before the season started and with my last pick in a couple of drafts, not in all of them, just to see what happens. And um, look, I, know I grabbed Trey Jones in round nine and 10 in a lot of drafts to see what happens as well. So we'll monitor that situation. For the Pacers, Miles Turner is out. He is out for the next week, at least with that sprained ankle. A terrible, terrible start to the year. And of course, it was terrible for us watching Rick Carlisle play Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster, who, again, has zero future being an NBA player. Sorry, Terry. Like, that's, that's what it is. The frustration of not... And, it's, and oh, you only want him to play Isaiah Jackson because he's on your fantasy team. Every single thing that I say, right, has nothing to do with fantasy value of players of the fantasy value of players on my team at all. Like, not even remotely. I just look at this from a real basketball perspective and go, you know what, Terry Taylor doesn't do? Give you any hope for the future. Like, nothing. Isaiah Jackson is the guy that you want to see whether he can do it. And, you know, seeing whether Jackson and Smith can coexist. They're your two 20, 21-year-old big men. Let's see if they can work together. I think that they will go back to Terry Taylor again starting, but let's hope that Jackson plays more. And this is not to excuse Jackson because he was pretty bad in that game. But I also thought he strung together some really good preseason performances. So I'm definitely not dropping Isaiah Jackson. It was not encouraging that he played 16 minutes without Turner. He might play 22 in this game and have six and nine with three blocks. And then you go, oh, glad I didn't drop. All right, so we're watching that. We're also watching Benedict Matherin, who looked great coming off the bench. As I've said in a few shows now, I wonder if teams will focus on him a little bit more and that might cause some problems. But every time he's been out there, preseason, summer league, first game, he's been good. Still lacks a little bit in the peripherals, but rebounded well. I think he's clearly a better prospect than Chris Duarte. And I would hope that we get him into a large role soon. 
Let's see what happens in this one. Turner's out. Tice is out. Jalen Smith is listed questionable again. He struggled early, I thought, in that game. Um, played okay towards the end, but only 22 minutes. There was some foul trouble. Let's watch that knee. And then knee Smith also dealing with a knee problem. Pelicans-Hornets. Next game, Pelicans are... Well, old Hornets versus new Hornets. Pelicans, six-point favorites. The total, 232.5. We want to watch Trey Murphy because I thought he was really, really strong. Is his upside particularly high? Not really because I don't see a 30-minute roll there without maybe one to two injuries. But 24 a night, easy. Good scoring, good shooting, solid rebounding. He can get steals as well. Um, and I think he should be probably on a 12-team league roster. I said I want to watch Devontae Graham here, but I actually don't because I don't ever want to watch Devontae Graham. But what I do want to watch is how Devontae Graham's minutes go. Does Dyson Daniel start to cut into them? Does Jose Alvarado start playing more? Does someone like Anaji Marshall cut into that playing time as well? Because Graham just, there's no, I don't see the point for him. If CJ and Ingram are going to be scorers and CJ is a shooter and Trey's going to be a shooter, what does Graham provide? I, I'm not sure how long he lasts in the rotation. Um, Kyra Lewis is out. We know that. Lamelo Ball is out for the Hornets. Jackson Hayes is listed as questionable. Um, he was active last game, but in street clothes. So I don't know why they would list him as active. And then Cody Martin for the Hornets is doubtful after hurting himself last game. So that means that for the Hornets side of things, there is a bigger opportunity for Kelly Oubre. Now they smashed the Spurs yesterday. So starters didn't get huge minutes, but Oubre's minutes were less than the other starters. Still think he's going to get his shots up and he's worth at least having for now, especially with Martin hurt. But let's see what the minutes distribution looks in what should be maybe a closer game. I don't know. And then Nicky Richards, who put up, I think, a first half double-double. Outplayed Mason Plumley. What do the minutes look like? Is it Plumley 25, Richards 23? Does PJ get any minutes at center? Can Richards overtake Plumley? He's at least a watch list guy, a 16 to 14 team league ad to see where that goes. But it was pretty good. And there'd been a lot of buzz about Nicky. Uh, nasty Nick Richards, terrible name. Um coming out of preseason. So let's see what happens there. Bulls and Wizards, we know that Zachy Levine is uh, going to be skating his way onto the bench. And Ayo Desunmu was great. Apparently, according to the Bulls pronunciation guide, it's not Desunmu, it's pronounced Desumu. No, the, the end silent. All right, I guess I learned something there. Ayo Desumu. Um, he was great, right? I added him in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl overnight. I'm still not convinced that he's that level of across-the-board producer, but with Ball and Levine out, that's where the opportunity to thrive is, right? So he should be on a roster with both of those guys out. How he fares next to Levine, it's probably back to 24, 25 minutes, and then it's more fringy. Uh, Pat Williams, I thought was massively disappointing. I think he can be better than that, but I'm not sure how much better. And if I wanted to take flyers on guys who produced yesterday... He's an easy cut candidate. Let's see if he does something different here. For the Wizards, Monty Morris was outplayed by D-Line Wright last game. Really low usage player. Um, Morris, I wouldn't drop him because those assists are useful, but watching the right Morris minute split will be key for us. And then Dan Gafford put up massive numbers behind Porzingis. Now, Porzingis hurt his ankle in pregame warmups. He's fine. He's not on the injury report. Um, and I don't expect Gafford and Porzingis to play next to each other at all, but let's see what Gafford can do. It's really hard to justify him as a 12-team hold in a daily changes. In a weekly or a roto, he's a great stash for when Porzingis misses, but he was great in that last game. Levine is out, Kispert's out. Avdia, who started, is listed questionable. Apparently, he was ready to go and come back in the game for the final two minutes, so I do fully expect him to be available, and that would reduce the value of someone like Farton Will Barton or Rui Hachimura or even the big fella. Um, Anthony Gill, who's the guy who started the second half there for the Wizards. But I don't need to start the second half of this show without telling you about BetOnline.net, the number one source for football and basketball betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, 
team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. As always, BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. We've got the Raptors playing the Nets tomorrow, and the Nets are three-point favorites. So if you are interested in finding out the details there, or even the total, which is 226, BetOnline is going to have that covered for you. All of the action in the NFL, college football this weekend as well. So head there, check Major League Baseball playoffs, NFL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website. No mention of disc golf in this one, though. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's talk about those Raptors and Nets. If that would flick over, great. Raptors are three-point underdogs. Nets are three-point favorites, total of 226. Nets look discombobulated. Now, either that is the Nets are bad, possible, or the Pelicans are awesome, also possible. We'll get a better understanding of which one of those is more true in this game. I, that three-point favored mark for the Nets doesn't seem right, does it? Raptors are pretty good against Cleveland, really good. Let's see what they can do. Um, Boucher is questionable. Otto Porter is out. I want to see what they do with Coloco. Played a lot in the first half, little in the second half. But there are so many big men in that rotation. Coloco, Achua, Thad Young, Otto Porter when he returns, Boucher when he's there. That I just don't see a large enough role. But Nurse likes him. He should. I think he's a better player than Achua, or better prospect at least. But how they work him in here is something to watch. And then Fred Van Vliet. The man that they're going to limit his minutes to at least under 40. He played 39 or 38, 30 or something. Um, and he sort of just did everything that he always does. Does that continue? That's what I want to watch. For the Nets, Ben Simmons has fouled out his last two games and he looked dreadful yesterday. He had some moments of looking good in the preseason. I'd like to see that come back. Um, and I think it can, but man, there was something off yesterday completely. I also watched Dayron Sharp who ended up basically with a minute split with Claxton. Some of that was some garbage time, but I also think Sharp's a pretty good player. And I wouldn't be shocked if at some point he does make it a true minute split situation between him and Claxton. Um, Gary Harris, not catchy, not Gary, the other one, Smoking Joe Harris. He's likely to return. Um, he's probable Seth Curry is out. But if Harris returns, that's going to impact Cam Thomas. His minutes are going to be done. Paddy Mills is going to reduce. But it also probably has some impact on Royce O'Neal, who was really good, the Basmati man, in that first game. I don't expect that from O'Neal every game, and I wouldn't have said he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. And I think Harris, I don't think he's also a 12-team must-roster. They're guys that you stream in and see what they do. The next game we take a look at is the Celtics and the Heat ripping game here. Celtics, two-and-a-half-point favorites, total 216-and-a-half. I do want to see Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. He started. I don't think he's a 12-team league player. He's solid enough, but I just don't think there's enough upside in that. And then Grant Williams, who did come off the bench behind Noah Vonley, who also came off the bench. But Williams was a perfect 15 points. And again, if the number one thing people look at in box scores is points. Man, he scored 15. That's great. Yes, it was on perfect 5 of 5 shooting from three, which of course is never going to continue. Grant is never going to be a massive stat stuffer across multiple areas, but he has turned into a really good shooter. I'm more watching to see what the minutes look like. Does he play over Vonley if Horford doesn't get into trouble with fouls early? Can Grant play 30 instead of 24? That's the key thing. But the Heat, Bam Adebayo, I thought was pretty poor last game. Um, inefficient, really struggled. I'd like to see some improvements there. And then Max Struess played like 31 minutes. And with Oladipo and Yurtseven out again, uh, Rob Williams still also out for Boston. With Oladipo out again, Struess has an opportunity for more minutes. Now, I think it's going to be hard for Struess to play 31 a night and shoot 70% from three like he did in game one. Um, but with Oladipo out, he does have that opportunity to push into more minutes as we move. I was also surprised to see little Chungus not play at all. If Chungus 
does play, that's Nikola Jovic, if he does play, then um, that might have an impact on Strusi, the Winter Soldier. Magic and Hawks. Hawks eight-point favorites. The total's 222. Ah, shout-out Richie. Two for two, two, two. Jalen Suggs was awesome, I thought, in game one. He did foul out, but I think I think they will start him, even if Cole Anthony is healthy. Now, Anthony was ill last game. He was named starter, then got sick. Um, I'm really intrigued to see what they do, though. If Anthony plays, does Suggs go to the bench? What does his role look like? He looked great. And then what do they do with Mo Bamba? One, two, three, four, five. I was not someone who drafted Mo Bamba. Um, I was not someone who was interested in Mo Bamba. But I also don't think that he's going to just play 12 minutes a night like he did last night with Bowl Bowl getting minutes over him. So apparently I say Mo Bumber incorrectly, even though like I don't know if there's any other way. I can't, unless you want me to say it with an American accent, Mo Bamba, which again is not how it's pronounced. Um, Mo Bamba. Bamba. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have drafted him, so therefore I would drop him. But again, if you drafted him, you saw more in him than I did. So you probably want to hold. But we do want to see what the role is. Is he, is he just literally going to be a guy playing 12 minutes? Because that's the case and there's no interest. For the Hawks, Anyekara Kongwu, I thought, put up some decent numbers, but he still had much, many fewer. Just say fewer minutes, Josh. Fewer minutes than Clint Capella, a 26-21 minute split. 21 is fine to hold, but it limits breakout, of course. And then DeJounte Murray was unbelievable. Now that he did benefit from the five steals from Houston throwing it around, and Orlando's not the best team, so another opportunity for Murray to feast. He was great. Fultz is out, Isaac's out, Gaz Harris is out, Bogdanovich is out, while Cole Anthony remains questionable. Pistons, Knicks. The Knicks are six-point favorites in this one. The total's 218, really low. We want to watch um, the big fella, Jalen Duran. I'm under no illusions that Duran's going to start because he's not. Isaiah Stewart will, but if Duran can get those 20 minutes, there's a double-double with two blocks waiting for him a lot of nights. I think he should be on a roster in 12-team formats, and we'll see where it goes. Someone also told me in one of the comments, I know it's one person, but it just I think it's a great highlight to see that people take what they want out of what I say, or they hear what they believe they hear. Someone said, it makes sense that you hate Cade and the Pistons. You're a Bulls fan. A, not a Bulls fan. B, I hate Cade. Well, what? Uh, yeah, I, I, okay. Anyway, Cade Cunningham, one of my favorite players in the NBA. I want to see what he can do. He did struggle a little bit in that opening game, but like I've said in the mailbag show earlier with Kingy, um, the fact that he struggled, still put up 18 and 10 and, and really orchestrated this team shows how good he is. Uh, I'm pretty big on him. For the Knicks, we want to see the Hartenstein situation. Again, much like Duran, I am under no illusions that Hartenstein is going to start. I would be, I would be absolutely flabbergasted if he started. There's no way he will start. But what I want to see is if he plays 17 minutes or if he plays 22 minutes with Mitch Rob. That's the key. Does Thibodeau look at that and go, oh, it's Joachim Noah. And play him those good minutes. By the way, those of you who didn't know, Isaiah Hartenstein's black. Oh, he's only a quarter black, Josh. Yeah, he's still black. He's still black. Um, which is always, it's always, I don't know, because obviously he doesn't look it at all. Hartenstein and his dad looks black. Anyway, Hartenstein, he's a really good player. And I think he should be on a 12-team roster, at least holding at the back end. Rowan Barrett was bad, like really bad. And Knicks fans, they either love him and go, it's breakout, it's coming, it's love, or, the one, or they hate him. And... I don't know. When someone just continually shows you who they are, maybe we should just believe it. Like, maybe there's just not this big improvement. Like that. And to be fair, he will be better than last game. But 
It's always the same things. Hey, in college, no defensive stats, poor efficiency. Hey, in the NBA in year one, no defensive stats and poor efficiency. In year two, guess what? It's no defensive stats and poor efficiency. But in year three, it's going to be different. Yeah, it's no defensive stats and poor efficiency. But year four will be different. He got paid. Ah, oh, but it's also just poor efficiency and no defensive stats. It's just the same thing always. Again, I do think he'll be better and I wouldn't drop him, but it's the same thing. It's the same pattern all the time. Isaiah Livers remains out. Bagley's out. Burks is out. Grimes is out. So Cam Reddish has another opportunity. I'm not sure that Reddish is a 12-team league guy. Stream him if you want. I'm not convinced that that's going to be the case. Jazz and Wolves. The Wolves are eight-point favorites. The total is 226.5. The Jazz, mighty impressive yesterday against the Nuggets. They started the man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. He didn't have the best game, but it doesn't matter. He needs to be on a 12-team league roster. I think he's a better player than Malik Beasley. I think he's probably equivalent to Colin Sexton. But if he's going to get 30 while Sexton plays 21, then Clarkson's valuable. I also want to watch what Walker Kessler does. Now, last game, both Olenek and Vanderbilt were in foul trouble. I think the Jays are looking at things as Vanderbilt as the center and Olenek as the power forward. So Kessler got the minutes because Vanderbilt fouled out. Gay got the minutes because Olenek got in foul trouble. I think that it's very easy to see Olenek play 25 minutes or 24 minutes, and Kessler also played 23 minutes, depending on Vanderbilt's status. I could be wrong on that, but that's how I sort of see them viewing those guys. So we want to see Kessler, who would be behind a Hartenstein and Duran in terms of pickup guys, but I'd much rather have him than, say, a Mark Williams in Charlotte. And he was solid. For the Wolves, Carl Towns was pretty disappointing in that first game. Um... Yeah, pretty disappointing. I was down on him, but not that far down. Let's see if he bounces back. And then Jaden McDaniels, I was not that high on him. Yeah, maybe I got that one wrong. He dropped five steals and blocks combined. He got to the line 10 times. Those things are going to come down. How he backs it up in game two is really interesting. No one is currently ruled out at the moment, while Yudoka Azabuke is questionable. He's questionable to be an NBA player, if we're going to be fair about it. Um, the Grizzlies and the Rockets, I've just seen as I'm recording this, so the Grizzlies injury report has come out. Dylan Brooks remains doubtful. Zaire Williams is out. So those guys, yeah, they were both questionable at this point. We want to see, the Grizzlies are five-point favorites, the total 230 against the Rockets. I want to see what Brandon Clark does. I thought he was pretty poor last game. He was in foul trouble though. But again, much like talking about where Alinek and Kessler and Vanderbilt fit in rotation, the Grizzlies view him more as a center. So he's more influenced by the Stephen Adams minutes versus the Aldama minutes, it appears at the moment. So let's see what role he gets. Well, Aldama, I think, led the team in minutes in that overtime game. He shouldn't be on any waiver-wise. He should have been a last-round pick in most drafts. He shouldn't be on waiver-wise. Don't expect that level of production, but it looks like he's going to get good minutes, and I'm excited for it. For the Rockets, I don't think they'll make a change and start Shangun, so Shangun will come off the bench. He did close that last game against the Hawks, but let's watch the minutes. Is it 25-22, which is what it was last game. Is it 20 to Fernando and 28 to Shengun? I, I don't know. Shengun still had 15-9 and hit all his free throws, which is useful enough. Do not drop him. Um, yeah, when I was talking about, I was worried about Shengun getting priced out and I ended up not having him in any of my drafts because he was getting priced out. I, it's not because I expected Bruno Fernando to start. So I'm definitely holding on to him. And Jabari Smith, I want to watch. He got a lot of shots up, more than I thought he would. They didn't go in, but I was encouraged by what he, he saw. And there are people who would literally think, hey, do I drop Jabari Smith to stream? Absolutely do not, please. For the love of God, make sure if anyone's stupid enough to do that, and that is, if you are thinking of dropping Jabari Smith, I'm sorry for the, the words, but that is stupid. Um, hold on to him, please. I beg you. Um, the Wild Thing's out again. Jay Sean Tate. So 15 more minutes for Tari Eason. I am really worried 
that when Tate plays, Eason will be DMP'd. And we, we talked a lot about this, about the concerns of how Silas would run things, and it's panned out that way. I thought maybe common sense would prevail, but it hasn't. Um, Jaron Jackson's out. Tycho Washington's out as well. Suns Blazers. Suns are four-point favorites. Total's 225 and a half. I wonder if Damian Lee will get the uh, the hero mo- moment in this one. I really want to see Chris Paul because he looked bad. Didn't play in the fourth quarter, really struggled, and they needed Damian Lee to save him. Was that him hitting a cliff? Was that, hey, these guys brought us back? Was it a one-off thing? I don't know, but we want to watch it. Cam Johnson also got hurt in that game. He didn't return, but he is fine. He's listed probable, so that's good to know. And he should be on a roster, Cam Johnson. For the Blazers, I want to watch the Yusuf Nurkic, Justice Winslow um, situation. I told you that I was told Nurkic was, wasn't in shape and wouldn't play 25 minutes. He got to 25 exactly. Wouldn't play more than 25. Got to 25 exactly, and Winslow closed the game at center. That gives Winslow 16 to 14 team league value. Nurkic, we hold, but this I started fading him as soon as I heard that news that he was in shape. That, to me, is a lack of commitment from Nurk and the fact that he's doing it again and again. And he'll, his value will rise later on, but it's really bad to be that out of shape. Gaz Payton's out. As I said, Cam Johnson's probable. Andrew Shamet's questionable. Olivier Saar is also out. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Um, Nuggets Warriors is the next one. And the Warriors are five and a half point favorites. Total's 229 and a half. Really bad from Denver. Their preseason was pretty disappointing, I thought, as well. And the minutes for Bones Highland were down. You know that I'd been relatively skeptical on the Bones love all off-season. Uh, it was much worse than even I anticipated. Let's see what happens in this one. It could be one of those ones where you just stream him in if Jamal Murray sits. That's how it's feeling at the moment. Aaron Gordon put up a big double-double in game one. I don't expect that to continue, but I want to see how he's being used because maybe he will be prioritized a little bit or at least equally. So even say like a Michael Porter Jr., which would be intriguing. But the Warriors, Jonathan Kaminga was pretty bad, I thought, on opening night. They ran that 11-man rotation, which means Kaminga and Wiseman and Green and Moody and DiVincenzo all find it hard to get a foothold to get enough minutes. And this was in a game where Green was, uh, Draymond Green was limited to 25 and Clay was limited to like 20 minutes, which might be the case again here. So we want to see Kaminga. We want to see what Jordan Poole's role looks like as well. He played 28 minutes opening night. The other guys played like 32. We thought that he might get mid-30s in minutes is what Kerr told us. And watching all those minutes distributions, even with limitations on Clay and Dre, is quite indicative of maybe what happens later on. Like if Poole is only getting four or five minutes fewer than Steph in a game where Clay is limited, it gives you some worries about what his role is when these guys actually play their full minutes. It's not a panic or anything like that. It's just like a little bit of a concern. I also expect Poole to be much better than he was on that first game because he just shot poorly. But I thought he played well still and got a lot of assists. Well, I know he got a lot of assists. Iguodala remains out for that one. Um, streaming. Again, it's 11 games. It's really hard to stream guys in, but these guys might all be top 100 players on the day that if you do want to grab someone, maybe they're there. You know, KCP, if you want some threes. Fournier, if you want some threes. Caleb Martin, probably should be on a roster anyway. And then Dayron Sharp can be streamed if you want some big man numbers. In a deeper format, Dayron's available everywhere. Delon Wright, more minutes than Monty Morris last game. That's intriguing. And then Jalen McDaniels with Martin out, with Ball out in Charlotte. He didn't play well in game one, um, but at least there is some opportunity there. And if you look at points leagues, these guys are all either available in 50 or more percent of leagues. Santi Aldama, add him, please. Jalen Suggs, add him, please. Isaiah Hartenstein, also add him, please. Although Hartenstein's not as good in points leagues as he is in his category leagues. And Bruno Fernando could be a good option as well. I'm not he is like tiers below those top three, 
but he could be a stream option if you've got that open roster spot for the games on Friday. And that'll do it for the What to Watch for streaming show, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast and subscribe. Hey, always subscribe if you're here on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up, hit the notification bell, and you'll never miss an episode. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.